Hey guys, what's going on? It is Monday, and that means it's a bite of knowledge. And as you can tell in my voice, I am I'm so chill today. I am just, I'm ready. I'm ready to take on the week. And I've got some stuff for you today. And for those suffering with not only ulcerative colitis, but IBD or any kind of IBS in general, and you have a hard time digesting vegetables, it's the start of the week. And obviously, people want to get back into that health kick and they want to get in their veggies and they want to reboost or reboot their whatever. I mean, I'm just... Today, I'm just feeling it and I'm just going to go with it. So I thought it would be a really good idea to share some vegetables that anyone with IBS can typically eat. Obviously, every single person will have different reactions and each diet, each person will have an individualized reaction, but this is a general rule of thumb and this tends to work well with a lot of people. So in today's Bite of Knowledge, I'm going to be sharing some vegetables you can eat if you have UC or any kind of IBS as just mentioned. So without further ado, let's get right into it, you guys. And you know this already, but you're listening to the Digest This Podcast and I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. Colostrum is the first form of nutrients mammals, including humans, receive after birth. It's often considered liquid gold due to its wide array of health-promoting properties, including immune and gut support. It's incredibly nutritious and contains high levels of antibodies that fight infections and bacteria for the newborn. But us as grown adults can also benefit from these outstanding properties. And in today's world with so many toxins in our modern day living, we need it more than ever. Our food system is broken. Let's just be honest, guys. And even our soil is depleted, which makes our food less nutrient dense, containing less vitamins and minerals we need for optimum health. So it's more important than ever to supplement quality products to help keep our immune system and digestive system working at its best. Armor Colostrum is one of those whole food supplements I got introduced to back in February of 2023, and I've been on the Armor train ever since. I know a lot of people are talking about colostrum and how it has even been proven to be three times more effective at preventing the flu than the flu vaccine itself without any side effects that come with vaccines. Colostrum has also been clinically shown to help guard against inflammation and everyday toxins and pollutants. There are over 5,000 published studies to date documenting the benefits of colostrum and its ability to optimize health at all stages of life. Colostrum intake has also been linked to fewer respiratory tract infections and GI infections in children. What makes Armor Colostrum different than all the others on the market is that they use a proprietary cold chain biopotent technology that distills over 200 functional nutrients, guaranteeing the highest bioactive integrity and bioavailability. Another thing I personally love about this company is that they also only extract and use the surplus colostrum from grass-fed, pasture-raised, happy cows that are no longer needing it to supply their young. So you know you're not taking away from animals that need it. 
only the surplus colostrum is used and Armra makes sure they are getting only the best from healthy USA cows from family farms. Armra has three flavors, orange, watermelon, and unflavored, which is my personal favorite because the unflavored has no natural flavors and just one single ingredient. It tastes so good, like you guys are going to love it. And for anyone with dairy sensitivities, the casein is removed, so you may be able to digest it a lot easier because of that. That's the protein most people are sensitive to with a dairy allergy is the casein. So Armour has many dairy sensitive happy customers. So if you guys want to try what everyone is talking about and help rebuild your whole body microbiome and strengthen your immune barriers along the mouth, sinuses, lungs, gut, urinary, and reproductive tract to block unwelcome particles for your strongest immune health, I highly recommend Armour Colostrum. If you guys go to tryarmra.com and use code DIGEST, you'll receive a special discount. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com and use code DIGEST. You'll receive a special discount. Again, tryarmra.com and use code DIGEST. Food is healing. Food is medicine. And that's especially true when you have UC, which is just one type of inflammatory bowel disease. You can lose vulnerable nutrients through UC symptoms like diarrhea, so it's crucial to make sure you consume sufficient nutrition. And some of the best micronutrients are found in vegetables. But certain vegetables are notorious for worsening UC symptoms like bloating, cramping, and diarrhea. You may want to avoid these particular vegetables while you're in the middle of a flare. Research shows that eliminating certain vegetables can help reduce symptoms of flares and veggies are often the first food that people with UC eliminate, especially fibrous ones and starchy ones with the skins. But keep in mind, it's important not to cut out too many foods from your diet. Elimination of foods can sometimes lead to nutritional deficiencies and people with IBD are already at higher risk of deficiencies. Of course, eliminating foods from your diet is best done with the guidance of a dietitian or medical professional. Doing it yourself can lead to nutrient deficiencies, which can lead to conditions such as bone loss and anemia. And according to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, some of the most common deficiencies that people with IBD have are calcium, iron, magnesium, vitamins B6, B9, and B12, vitamin D, and zinc. So please remember that the same diet choices do not work for everyone who has UC. In fact, the best choices for you are those based on your specific condition. But there are general recommendations that can give you a good starting point. And so that's what today's episode is all about. I'm going to share what to avoid and some safe vegetables to eat during a flare as well as ones when in remission. And again, it's also important to note, there are specific ways to prepare and cook them for better digestion and ease of pain, which I'll get into as well. I'll also be sharing some fun recipes and meal ideas that not only you, but your entire family can enjoy 
And yes, you can incorporate veggies in them. So if you love to cook, and I hope at the very least, this episode inspires you to get creative in the kitchen. So the trick to finding veggies that you like that don't affect your UC, it sometimes comes with trial and error. And the tendency during a flare is to obviously cut down on almost all veggies to try and lessen your symptoms. Research warns that while restrictions may help reduce symptoms, you want to be sure you get good nutrition too. This can be quite tricky because we all can relate if you've been through a flare that you are literally scared to eat anything but we simply cannot go on forever like that. And you may place yourself at higher risk of complications from low food intake, which can, of course, include weight loss, nutrient malabsorption, micronutrient and macronutrient deficiencies, as well as osteoporosis. There are a number of ways you can get in your veggies, even during a flare. The Crohn's Colitis Foundation recommends that you cook vegetables rather than eat them raw during a flare. And I I personally hardly ever eat raw veggies just in general, even when I am feeling at my best. It's been thought that cooking veggies destroys the nutrients in them, but in actuality, cooking or steaming them actually releases nutrients and makes them more bioavailable uh, and easier to digest and absorb. So the whole myth of cooking your veggies just kills the nutrients is just well, a myth. A tip is to steam your veggies until they are very soft rather than to boil them. You'll take in more nutrients by steaming and you can either avoid vegetables with tough skin or peel the skins before consuming. A juice extractor may be useful to eliminate fiber and it also makes it a lot easier to benefit from the nutrients of the veggie without the fiber. Raw veggie juice provides enzymes, vitamins, and minerals without the stress and work your body will go through if you were to eat veggies in their whole form. Vegetable stock is another great use and way to incorporate veggies. I love using vegetable stock for making soups or adding it to other dishes. And you can also add it in for extra nutrients when cooking your rice. So it also flavors the rice. So that's a win-win. It's recommended that during a flare, you eat vegetables that are obviously easier to digest, cooked, pureed, and or peeled, made into a vegetable stock, which you can then add to like even pasta, but obviously rice, as I just mentioned. And then you can puree the veggies and make that into a soup as well. Other easy to digest vegetables to eat during a flare are asparagus tips, tips only, cucumbers without the skins and without the seeds, sweet potatoes without the skins, and butternut squash. Pumpkin can sometimes be a bit too high in fiber, so you may need to play around with pumpkin. Some people can tolerate it and some people can't. I personally stick to butternut squash and think it tastes better anyways. If I do opt for a pumpkin, I try and get the less fibrous pumpkins. There's different types. The pumpkins that you generally see around Halloween, not the big pumpkins, but the the small like $2.99 ones from Trader Joe's. I think they're called like sugar pumpkins or something like that. Those are pretty, pretty easy to digest, but then there's like the different types of, they almost look like mystical pumpkins that you can actually eat. Kaboka squash, it's green on the outside. That's actually pretty fibrous and kind of hard to digest. Again, 
You have to play around with it, but when in doubt, be safe. Butternut squash and sugar pumpkins are the safest bet. Now, anyone with Crohn's or colitis or IBD, typically, if you're in a remission phase, it's important that you gradually add in a variety of vegetables of different colors to obtain the different nutrients and vitamins they have. So according to the IBD food list maintained by the University of Massachusetts Medical School, almost any vegetable is fit for your plate during the remission phase, as long as it doesn't trigger symptoms for you specifically. So... Try, try it out in small amounts first. I personally stay away from certain veggies entirely just altogether, just particular ones I know that upset me and my gut. For example, I never eat kale or rough leafy greens. Hardly will you ever see like a big salad on my Instagram feed, right? And interestingly enough, recently beets have been causing flares for me. So I just avoid those entirely. So you have to kind of know what will put you into a flare so you can just avoid a flare altogether. So remember, do what works for you. Never feel pressured to consume something just because so-and-so says it's okay to eat. You know your body best and what may not work for you perhaps may work for others and vice versa. Now, to that point, there's conflicted research about whether a particular food or diet can really help initiate or sustain a remission. Researchers are calling for larger evidence-based studies of what foods, if any, to recommend during a remission. Unfortunately, people with UC and IBD must now sort through conflicting recommendations from their clinicians, online resources, and their own experience. Honestly, you can't beat your own experiences. So when in doubt, go with your gut. (laughs) Again, that's why in this episode, I am sharing just a general rule of thumb in what foods to consume and avoid. Now, speaking of vegetables to avoid, there are clearly many harder to digest ones than others, and many may give your GI tract trouble. So veggies with thick skins, for example, and seeds commonly tend to trigger UC symptoms. Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower contain insoluble fiber and have tough stalks. They may cause problems with gas and bloating. So if gas is a problem for you during a flare, it's best to avoid these vegetables. Again, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower in particular. For me, cauliflower, I I steam it. So if I put it in a smoothie, it typically doesn't bother me. Now again, that's me. I always steam it first, then I freeze it, then I toss them in my smoothies. And again, also keep in mind, it's pureed in my smoothie as opposed to just eating it, like chewing it or eating it raw. So the puree factor also helps break down the fiber, which helps a lot. So not just it's not just what you eat, but how it's prepared, like steaming it. And then also like the second time around how it's prepared in a smoothie. So steamed, pureed, all that good stuff. All my regular listeners know that each month I give away amazing quality goods to those that simply rate and review the podcast. And so for the month of October, I'm giving away giant pale buckets of Artisana Organics organic chocolate spreads, plus their seasonal gingerbread pecan butters to three of my listeners. You guys heard me. I'm dishing out giant buckets of basically a healthier version of Nutella that's organic certified, palm oil free, 
cashew cocoa spread just in time for all your holiday baking. If you were to buy this online, one pail would cost you $58 just for one bucket of this delicious chocolate spread. That just goes to show how much volume this pail truly contains and what you'll be getting. Plus, I'm also going to include two extra jars of Artisana Organics Seasonal Gingerbread Pecan Spread you can only get from them directly. This is not sold in stores. So three of my listeners will receive over $80 worth of quality organic nut butters. And all you have to do is rate and review this podcast and I will be reaching out to you on Instagram if chosen. So be sure you leave your IG handle in your review. Good luck. Now, it's always best to keep a food diary if you often have symptoms after you eat. Write down what you eat and how you feel afterwards. And often, speaking from experience, if I get a flare, it's not from the food I just ate, but the food I ate the day before. That's why keeping a food food journal is so helpful because we can so easily forget the food we ate yesterday and then be at a loss wondering what truly caused the flare. So here's a perfect example. I do typically remember what I ate for lunch and dinner the day before, but it's the little subtle things it's so easy to forget, like the snack I had before lunch or that drink I sipped on in the afternoon or the bite of my husband's sandwich I snuck or (laughs) this is a horrible habit of mine, but I often snack, taste and eat the leftovers from the pan of what I made for my husband like that morning before he leaves for work. And so it's easy to forget that I had three spoonfuls of X, Y and Z. So again, keeping a food journal is so key. If you are eating a healthy, nutrient-rich diet and are not experiencing flare symptoms, restrictions probably are not necessary and it's always encouraged to continue doing what you're doing. And while it is true that some foods can trigger flares, no substantial research supports the popular idea that dietary restrictions can sustain remission or prevent a relapse. In fact, common causes of flares are mental and emotional stressors. Stress is huge when it comes to your digestive health. Speaking again from experience, I can eat the same exact thing in a calm state versus a stressful state and the outcomes are 100% different in how I react to that meal or food. So it's always important to pay attention to your environment, your stress levels, and how you were feeling before a meal. Jot down those emotions in your food journal too. Now all that to say, restricting food additives is definitely helpful. For example, a research review found that a carrageenan-free diet helped reduce relapse in people with UC who started the trial in remission. In case you didn't know, carrageenan is a product extracted from seaweed and used like a, a gel and thickener. It's used to stabilize foods and stuff like that. But did you know that sea moss and agar is basically the same thing? So that's why I not only stay away from carrageenan, but also sea moss, agar, and anything else like gorgum, xanthan gum, locust bean gum, and all fake fibers commonly known as inulin or prebiotic fiber in processed foods. I could go on and on about all the additives that can cause flare-ups and in processed foods and all that. I mean, 
you guys see my Instagram. I, I go on on tangents like I am right now, but I'll just save that for another episode. <laughs> but kind of honing back in here, going back to carrageenan specifically, there was a 2017 study that found that carrageenan promotes intestinal inflammation and may contribute to a UC relapse. I actually have an Instagram post saying that carrageenan and CMOS is basically the same thing. So if you go back on my Instagram, it's a whole slide. You can flip through it and it kind of explains that in more detail. Now, I want to talk about special diets for a second. So a variety of organizations and individuals recommend many different diets to help UC, IBS, and IBD. Research generally warns against restrictive diets for UC because no one diet works for everyone. So also there's just very little research supporting the idea that one diet by itself helps all people with UC. That's where it, again, just can be super tricky and is just very individualized to every single person. What works for me may not work for you and vice versa. Now, despite all of that, certain special diets may give you some ideas to work into your nutritional program. They all have slightly different takes on which vegetables are best. So look into them and see what works for you. These special diets you may have heard of, I'm going to list off a few. So there's the Mediterranean diet, the low FODMAP diet, the specific carbohydrate diet, commonly known as the SCD diet, uh, paleo diet, which is very popular, gluten-free diet, which I think we can all benefit from if you're living in the USA. Uh, And then there's also a low residue diet, which I talk about in detail and what that is in episode 79 of the Digest This podcast. So again, a low residue diet can actually really help. Again, episode 79, go back and listen to that. It's all about a low residue diet. Now, I want to give you some fun meal ideas that are usually well tolerated by people with UC, IBD, and IBS in general. But please keep in mind that these suggestions are for people who are not currently experiencing a flare. So some breakfast ideas, for example, scrambled eggs with avocado and sauteed spinach. If you can tolerate cheese, feel free to incorporate that as well. And goat or sheep's milk cheese is a lot easier to digest than cow's milk. Again, uh, for breakfast, roasted butternut squash with a drizzle of raw honey and smooth, creamy nut butter. Mm, It's so good, you guys. You guys have to try that combo. You can also do diced butternut squash for home fries. You can try this, obviously, instead of potatoes, if potatoes upset your gut. Now, you can do a smoothie with spinach, cucumber, and mint. Just be sure that the skins are removed from the cucumber. And there's no need to worry about the seeds in the cucumber since you are blending it. So just keep that in mind as well. And then a simple spinach mango smoothie. I know it just is like so simple, but that combo, you guys just add a little of my New Zest digestive protein powder. It's full of probiotics. It has L-glutamine in it. There's no natural flavors, no gums, and it's just the perfect simple combo. Now for lunch, you could do a shepherd's pie with a sweet potato topping instead of russet potatoes. Super delish. Uh, Butternut squash apple soup. So Butternut, 
apple, just be sure the skins are removed from the apple and then you just, you puree that down. You can add a little bit of coconut milk if you want or keep it just butternut apple, some water, maybe some cinnamon. So good in the fall and winter. You can also do a carrot apple soup. Again, same thing applies with the skins of the apple. Just make sure you remove that. And then you could do a smoothie with coconut milk, coconut yogurt, or regular yogurt if dairy doesn't bother you. You can add a little bit of banana and spinach. Again, trying to incorporate those veggies. Spinach is probably one of the leafy greens that I personally can tolerate the best. Kale, definitely just don't even think about kale, you guys. That's just not even, even if you don't have IBS, like kale is just not, not good for you. Anyways, I'll digress there, but just another simple, simple idea. Tuna salad sandwich with authentic sourdough. I have, again, a reel on my Instagram, how to spot fake sourdough and what true sourdough is truly made from. It should just be three main ingredients. There should be no yeast. There should be no leavening, nothing like that. Just three main ingredients. It should be fermented naturally. I have an amazing tuna salad recipe on my Instagram. I posted that a few weeks back and just everyone went crazy over it. And I know you'll love it too. So if you haven't tried it yet, go check that tuna salad recipe out. Now, here are some dinner ideas. You could do baked salmon or tilapia with chopped zucchini and lemon. Delish. You could do a meat lasagna. And then instead of noodles, you can do uh, zucchini noodles. You can slice zucchini very thin on a mandolin or just with a knife. Just be careful. And then use those zucchini slices instead of noodles. And then you could even do a spaghetti squash with ground turkey and a plain tomato sauce. That's just super simple. Again, you could do some goat's milk or sheep's milk cheese on top. You can do a chicken crust pizza with toppings of olives, mushrooms, and spinach. Now the chicken crust pizza, that recipe is on my Instagram. So good. Right after my husband and I got married, I made it. I think it was like the night before we went to Hawaii. It was just so easy. We had it the night before, right before we went on the plane and it just settled super well. So high protein, low carb. If you're battling like yeast or candida, that's a great low carb option if you were like craving pizza. So chicken crust pizza. You can do baked chicken thighs with rosemary and lemon paired with white rice and peas cooked in veggie broth. This is actually one of my husband's favorite meals. So chicken thighs, rosemary and lemon. I don't know why, but that flavor combination is just, it's one of those things that just works. You can also do a root veggie hash with turnips, carrots, parsnips, and sweet potatoes if maybe you just kind of want to go like a little meatless on certain days. So that's totally fine if you've had meat earlier in the day, just want to have a lighter dinner. That's a great option too. Now, real quickly, I want to talk about how to prepare your veggies. Now, the peels and the seeds can be hard to digest, so you may want to remove them before eating. And the fiber in raw veggies can be good for some, but for many people with digestive issues, they may have trouble breaking them down, myself included. So keep that in mind that eating too many vegetables in one sitting or even in one day can lead to issues and flare-ups. So not only is it what you consume, that's super important, but also the quantity. For example, you, you may be fine with a quarter cup of some veggies, but a half a cup of the same veggie just may trigger symptoms. So 
again, I, I, I've experienced it myself. I'm like, well, I did really well with a quarter cup of whatever veggie last night. So I'm going to have a half a cup. I'm going to have more. And that's when I, I realized that it, it was just too much because it was just too much fiber. So try doing just little bits at a time. Also remember that you can drink your vegetables in juice form. So just be careful not to drink again, too much. And it's really easy to down a load of veggies in five minutes, which is basically concentrated produce. So ease into it as with everything. And lastly, you guys, changing your diet doesn't mean you have to settle for bland, boring food. Add flavor to your meals with a variety of calming herbs and spices, such as turmeric, ginger, rosemary, thyme, and try swapping black pepper for white pepper. That's a game changer. And remember, the more colorful the vegetables you choose, the more nutrition you'll get and variety in your diet. Trial and error will happen and getting to know what works for you is key. So don't get discouraged if you maybe have a flare up here and there. That is just yourself learning to know and getting to know your body. And again, that's where food journaling comes in super handy. So write it down and know, hey, look, this vegetable just didn't just didn't work for me. And just know that and then move on and try something else. Don't be scared or afraid to, to venture out. And I know anyone with gut issues, being afraid and scared is is very common and I get it. I understand you have your safe foods and you you just want to avoid being in pain as much as possible. And so there's that fine line of getting nutrition, getting a variety and also living your life. So anyways, I hope this bite of knowledge was helpful to you. I know it went a little longer than normal, but I hope that even you know if you got something out of it, great. If you think that or know someone that could benefit from it as well, please share it with them. And I always love reading all your ratings and reviews on an Apple podcast. So if you haven't done so, please do rate and review the podcast. It helps this show grow and it helps it get into more ears. I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.